Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. It's just me and Paul. Hello. Um, these other crazies are taking vacation time. I mean, Thanksgiving I Thanksgiving holidays. Thanksgiving holidays, I guess. Something like that. Being with family. Um, and though it's not Thanksgiving yet, we're going to talk about Christmas. So, yep, Even y'all announcing that again at the party. <laughs> it just feels so weird to have a Christmas party in November. Yeah, right? Now. We're going to have a Christmas party on November 27th. What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, when I said it during the first service, it, I was getting a whole lot of blank stares, and I don't know if that was just because of uh, people being incredulous. Like, no, he's wrong. We'll, we'll, he's always wrong. We'll check it later. Yeah. But Or if they just weren't as phased by it as I was. But, like, that's just a strange <laughs> thing. So I guess heads up, if you're not doing Christmas things until after Thanksgiving, you should stop this podcast and wait until Friday to listen to it. <laughs> I did get asked uh, by the children's ministry if it was, since we're doing the party in November, is it fine to go ahead and start playing Christmas music, you know? In Sunday. November? Yeah, in November. We are going to be playing Christmas music on Sunday, which means I'm practicing Christmas music right now, which is just weird. Seems, seems early. It's early. It's early. And I'm kind of a Scrooge when it comes to it anyway. Um, somebody made that joke. Oh, uh, Carrie, yeah, Carrie Larsh made that joke whenever you um, showed the Scrooge McDuck. Mm, yeah. Um, Scrooge, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, sorry. Um, picture on Sunday. She was like, is that John Redfern? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. I don't like Christmas music. Yeah. I'm I'm a worship pastor. I don't like Christmas music. I'm sorry if that's hard on you. It's just the way that it is. Um, so, I but you you uh, you aren't alone. But then there are also plenty of others who are very against that yeah. <laughs> concept and Christmas music all the time. Yeah, being at the um, helping out at the radio station uh, and getting to see the. The what they call them like the Nelson reports, you know the oh yeah, yeah things yeah, the, of who's listening and who's consuming and all the different right. things for all the different stations because they have that evergreen yeah the uh, a, a app and so if you are a fan of Christmas music and you want to listen can to listen it, evergreen uh, from Encouragement Media Group they have an app and they play twenty four seven Christmas music year round mm -hmm. and to see the numbers year round like it definitely hits a spike of of course you sure know, in the during the, the season. season yeah. But there are Which many. This year started like around uh, Halloween. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what are we doing? Everybody's shifting. But, but nope, there's, there's plenty of still faithful consumers of Christmas music, even in the middle of spring. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Here's my biggest thing, though. Like, I, I think that Thanksgiving is undervalued. Thanksgiving is probably my favorite holiday. I get a lot of like incredulous looks whenever I say that because like of course it should be thanks or should be Christmas or I guess Easter. Easter, yeah. But Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because I think that we're just not very grateful people. Yeah. Um, and I think that we need Thanksgiving. And so when I see Thanksgiving being, you know, just completely forgotten, smushed between Halloween, smushed and Christmas. between Halloween and Christmas, like it, it just it hurts. It hurts <laughs> on my insides because you know. We could do with a little more being thankful, I think. Um, but I'm actually, I, I am excited about, I'm actually excited. I am I am excited about this Advent season. 
Um, I always like to remind everybody, and this is a good place to start reminding people that Advent um, just means coming. Yeah. Something is approaching. Um, and anytime we talk about Advent, we are, of course, like in the Christmas season, we are talking about the fact that our King came to earth, that he was in, incarnate on this earth. He came as a baby um, and lived an entire life um, in, you know, uh, his human flesh. Um, and we get to celebrate that together, but we also, every time we do it, are celebrating that he is coming again, mm -hmm. that, that there is a, a second advent um, that's going to happen, and please, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and this, uh, I got to tell you, I was I was surprised by a few things in this. I I'm since since we uh, since I started at um, First Baptist Church South Campus, um, there was um, sorry, Rebecca, you're calling me right now, and I'm not going to be able to answer the phone. <laughs> um, since since I started here, um, we've been talking about how to do Advent, and I like. I thought I was making this up whenever we first started. Like I didn't really have a place in my mind for Advent for mm -hmm. everything like that. And then I think it was last year, Dad confirmed it for me because we were talking about, like, I was talking about how weird it is to have to do Advent in certain years where the you know Sunday falls on uh, the twenty fifth or or the twenty fourth or whatever. And so I was talking to him about that, and he was like, "Yeah, we didn't, we didn't do that." And I was like, mm -hmm. "Thank you." Like, yeah. I, I didn't just like blank out, like space out during. We did a whole lot of Christmas. There was always a Christmas pageant. There was always a whole lot of Christmas carols all through December and everything like that. But we didn't do like lighting of the candles. We didn't do. I mean, maybe we did like a uh, candlelight service mm -hmm. where you know everybody lit the candles. Um, but I don't actually think we did that very much because I don't remember having to like clean up the wax or anything. Yeah. Um, but we, um, Oh, Jennifer got her uh, hair lit on fire one time <laughs> that <laughs> happened. Um, so I don't know, maybe it was just like in the choir, um, or something like that, but we did like big Christmas things. We just didn't do any kind of liturgical, like we're yeah. walking through this together. Um, did y'all do that growing up? Nope. Same thing. No. We always didn't. I feel like, again, we, there was like a, they would do a Christmas Eve service, right? You know, and they would yeah. do again a Christmas message. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was there was certainly no lighting of the candles. There was no walking through the the again probably like you said the liturgical tradition of mm -hmm. Advent. Um, and then and then my my sister who um, has been going to an Episcopal church I think ever since college. Um, I think she was the first one to actually even ever be exposed to the idea of Advent mm -hmm. and um, and exposed, I guess, be, us to it as well, like the, even just kind of the concept. And so yeah. we, we started doing, I think, a family Advent, you know, just kind of, again, to to have a devotion of something to do as a family. Um, and and that now, yeah, it's like, it's like we now have a new family tradition amongst all of us, and it was, it feels like, yes, we've, Oh yeah, we've been doing this forever, but no, it really is like a new yeah. family normal for us now. Yeah, um, and actually, just uh, yeah, just yesterday she sent. So last year for Christmas, we are you know our girls bought 
in quotation marks, our girls bought. <laughs> <laughs> sure they did. My sister, their aunt, um, a gift. Uh, and it was an advent calendar uh, made by Harry Potter Lego oh my figurines. And so it's this whole scene. And every day she has to open up another Lego Harry Potter thing and construct it and then put it and then prepare That's herself fantastic. for Christmas. So. <laughs> Anyway, so again, so not only does it now feel like we've been doing this a long time, we're now doing some weird things. <laughs> some weird things. Yeah, <laughs> there's a... She was excited to start building that. There's a diehard uh, advent calendar. Oh, that's funny. You know, it's not it's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off the Nakatomi Tower. Hmm. Um, that seems to be running around. Anyway. Um, but yeah. whatever makes us expectant of him yeah. coming again. <laughs> Sure. It's like sure, sure. We, we can make that work. Um, it's like doing uh, communion with Cheez-Its. Yeah. Um. Anyway, no. They, it's uh, um. It's kind of funny to me because this is wasn't something like I when when I first started at uh, First Baptist. Like I I felt like I was because I was doing all this research and trying to figure out. And you're taking like when you talk about liturgical stuff, like there there are things that are like very rote very, like yeah, this yeah. this 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 when it comes to the like candles on sunday there's a lot of mm-hmm. different like traditions and views of it um but what i had pieced together um from a lot of different you know catholic episcopal other people trying to do <laughs> like liturgy um was you know you've got the the five candles um the five candles uh represent um hope Peace, joy, love, Christ, mm-hmm. right? Or um, the star, <laughs> the shepherds, the wise men, the uh, oh dang it, donkey, <laughs> the donkey, <laughs> something, and Christ. But like you know, there's there's kind of some whatever with that, and then the order really got out of whack. Like you would you would yeah. see everybody having a different order, and I had kind of. Based on looking at these things, like there's 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 also a, a pink candle amidst the purple candles, and you're like, what the heck are you supposed to do with the pink candle? Well, the pink candle is the third Sunday and it's joy. Like there, you know, and there's yeah. all these different like whatever. And so I like kind of always said, like this, we're going to we're gonna solidify on our church is gonna do hope, peace, joy, love. Joy is the pink candle, Christ um on Christmas Eve. Like that's what we're gonna do, and every yeah, year it's been different. <laughs> it's been we have changed it. Um, you know, the first year I think it was hope, hope. I was like, yeah, Chris did hope <laughs> twice on accident. Hope, yeah. hope, joy, love. Um, <laughs> I, it was. I mean, it's hilarious. There's, but there's always something. And this year, I was, I was like, yes, no, I'm, I'm saying it like far enough in advance. We're gonna do it like this. It's gonna be hope, peace, joy, love, like mm-hmm. whatever. And you know the joy candle is going to be, and then found out, come to find out that the um, the Advent reading that we had found for um, that I think Rebecca and her team found for our uh, to hand out to people on our Christmas e- or our Christmas service, not our Christmas Eve service, but our Christmas service, family Christmas service. What are, it's I not even know, a whatever, service. Yeah, no. Whatever the thing, uh, church Christmas yeah, party like party or on the twenty seventh yeah. from six to seven. <laughs> um, this is your announcement because I've got the calendar right in front of me. Church Christmas party on November 27th from 6 to 7. Um, they had found this Advent reading, and it's like whatever was peace 
joy, <laughs> hope, love. And yeah. I was like, that's totally different. Like, what yeah. what am I supposed to do with the pink candle now? Um, and so I was like, okay, well, we'll do that because I don't want to like give people yeah, yeah, a give people to resource, do something different on Sundays. and then yeah, do a completely different thing on Sunday. So I was like. Fine, we'll do we'll do that, and that's uh, great. But I'm not really sure. I'm probably gonna have to like rework some things in the, like on our slides or on like whatever I find for that. And sure enough, today um, when I was looking through slide packages um, for Advent, because there's like eight million of those, mm-hmm. one of them has peace, joy, uh, hope, love, and they have the candles next to them. Mm. And the pink candle, pink candle is, still is still the third, the third candle. candle. It's not yep. joy. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, yep. I, I like my thoughts on how things are supposed to be are completely destroyed. So <laughs> evidently, we're just going to start from scratch every single year. And now you'll know what it's like to be a worship pastor around <laughs> Christmas. And vast majority won't even know. That's yeah, the difference. No, well, no, that's the difference. Not, which ones are not even a thing. I was like, uh, what was it? <laughs> Our, the combined services again back when we were first Baptist. Oh yeah, and Chris and Scott led communion and <laughs> did it in reverse yeah, order. Yeah, did it in reverse order. And then we're gonna take the how how <laughs> amazing it was that how I mean again people did notice on that one sure, but how many people didn't notice was yeah. still like yeah that's often as we take communion and no and the people that noticed I'm convinced though they noticed because they're like. Yeah, now I got this stale bread. I, how do I get this out of my mouth? You know what? We do this first. Yeah. yeah. Blood comes second. Um, but yeah, that's kind of funny. I actually have one of the things that I'm going to be reading from in the services is a new Advent devotional that came out this year. Um, do you know the app Dwell? I, I know of it. I don't okay. know it. So it, it think reads my, my scripture wife, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little bit pricey. I'm not going to lie to you, okay. um, as apps go, um, but it's worth it in in my opinion. Um, and it does like daily readings of scripture um, to you, like while you're you know maybe take one of your podcast drives and mm-hmm. turn it into your um, daily reading drive. But um, anyway, um, it's from the people that made dwell or make the app dwell. They came out with an Advent devotional called Presence. It's a little black book. Um, and it's, it's pretty good. So I'm going to be doing, um, our Advent readings during the, uh, services out of this one. And the first one happens to be walk in the light, which is super helpful because Chris, this Advent, um, is actually talking through, um, the elements of the, um, tabernacle tabernacle. or thank you. Of the tabernacle, and the first one is going to be the menorah or the lamp. Um, so peace is going to be related to the lamp, and I think he's also going to talk about the star. Um, but there's a lot involved there. I think so. It'll be the lamp, just a preview, the lamp, then the showbread, mm-hmm. and then the altar of incense. And then the Ark of the Covenant. Yep. Um, and we're just going to be we're going to be completely surprised by Christmas Eve. <laughs> no, we won't. It's Christ. It's always Christ. Um. Anyway, but so this this week is the lamp, 
you have any insights on the lamp? I don't know, because, yeah, and Chris had asked me to, to cover one of these, and I ended up choosing uh, the incense. Um, I think largely because uh, it was either that or the showbread. And it was really probably because in my, in my brain I was thinking like, oh, yeah, I feel like I don't, I didn't immediately make, you know, kind of a quick connection to mm-hmm. those, or they, they don't seem as familiar to okay, me. Okay, yeah. And so it was more of like I a wanna, choice. I want to research Yeah, I was this. like, oh, well, if I'm going to, I want to learn something. And I'll, I'll I'll go with that. Um, but I also know that uh, I didn't want. There was part of me that wanted to do it for those reasons, for what I wanted. But then I also know that Chris has a lot more insights on the lamp and the arc, um, mm. and so I didn't want to, you know, take one of the ones that I knew he would do a much better job at it than I. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with the um, with the menorah, I mean, he's taught that. I guess I, you know, how many ever times in Israel that he goes. I know that that's always one of the, one of the big, you know, kind of lessons. And I remember standing outside and looking at an old carving of it and him mm-hmm. walking through and, um, and again, and, and like with anything else, there's, you know, or with these elements, you know, there's, there's what it was as much as we know from then, you right. know, like what, what at the time they had thought through this, but then you, again, you add to of like, no, there's still practices today. And yeah. so how they, you know, have even evolved, you know, again, it's like when you have this repetitive thing in worship that you've chosen to do for thousands of years yeah. as a people, and then it's like, yeah, you can imagine how complex and, you know, again, complicated it can, all the like, oh, well, now now this symbolism mm-hmm. is represented by this, and then now, oh, yeah. here's how, you know, you can, you can picture how it evolves. Um, and so, yeah, even just briefly, you know, again, when considering them all and pulling up and looking at you know, the, the menorah and seeing, looking back to the command of how it should be built. And then, you know, even with these, how they're raised and how they have a fluted or tuliped or flowered, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of top to them. And then again, all the potential, you know, it could symbolize this or it could be symbolizing this or, you know, and again, more, more than just like the order of the, (laughs) of, of the advent, um, it's like, there's, it's like, yeah, that, that could be this or it could be that, but they both make sense. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, they're good pictures or again, realizations. And so, yeah, I think, I think I'm excited about what Chris brings with it. And so that'll be, that'll be fun. I don't know if he actually, I wonder if he has one, do you know? I don't know. I mean, we have that little one in, yeah. Oh, there's one in the office. We're no, but that's, there, a, that's but that's a, that's a, so that's the Hanukkah menorah, which is, yep, um, yep. You, you might be familiar with the Hanukkah menorah. It actually has nine candles, um, because there are, uh, eight candles representing the eight days, um, of, uh, um, Hanukkah, which are from the eight days. And he's going to talk about this, I think, in his, in his notes, it says the story of Hanukkah. So, um, hopeful he'll do a better job of this, but there's actually uh, nine candles because there's the eight candles for the eight days um, that the oil lasted until they could get the right oil for um, lighting. Um, and then uh, there's a servant candle. It's the ninth candle. It's kind of the one that's um, separate from the others or in the middle, depending on yeah, which middle or higher you have. Yeah. Um, but that's the one that we have in here. Um, that's not the menorah that would have been in the uh, tabernacle because it had seven candles. 
kind of a single one up the middle and then uh, three on each side um, is is the um, menorah candle. And I want you to, I'm not going to tell you now, but I want you to pay attention to, because this is the other pieces of the arc or the other pieces of uh, um, furniture that are in the tabernacle are covered in gold, mm-hmm. but made out of acacia wood. The menorah is gold. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of gold. So I want you yeah. to pay attention to how much, like if... We talked about Josephus on Sunday, yeah. but again, the the ancient historian who has a lot of Jewish insights right. and and fills in kind of some gaps on um, Jewish history. He's often uh, not... All, he exaggerates, I guess, mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially when it comes to like numbers. And so he's not, again, as reliable just to take like... Right. Obviously, it's not scripture. Yeah, he's it's writing. not scripture. Um, and again, is this an exaggeration or fitting? Um, but he actually wrote that the... Uh, the lampstand was about a hundred pounds. Um, yeah. And I remember that, you know, years ago hearing that and some, and whoever was sharing it, uh, did the equivalent of like, yeah, pulled up the gold, you know, exchange Weight. rate <laughs> yeah. of what it was today. And it was like north of like two and a half million dollars or something like that. I mean, but, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, like that it's, it's a lot of gold either way, like any way that you slice it, like this is, of uh, uh made of pure gold and is uh it's big um cuz it stands i don't know it's usually i think the account is in cubits um yeah i just pulled it up um so exodus 25 i'm sure chris 18 palms or handbreadths yeah i'm sure chris will share this but exodus 25 31 is the commandment um, that comes of make a lampstand of pure gold and hammer it out, basin shaft, its flower-like cups, buds, and blossoms shall be of one piece with it. Six branches already extend from the side of the lampstand, three on one side and three on the other. Three cups shaped like almond flowers with buds and blossoms are to be on one branch, three on the next branch, and the same for all six branches extending from the lampstand. And on the lampstand there shall be four cups shaped like almond flowers and buds and blossoms, one bud shall be under the first pair of branches extending from the lampstand, a second bud under the second pair, and a third bud under the third pair, six branches in all. The buds and the branches shall all be of one piece, the lampstand, hammered out of pure gold. Then make it seven lamps and set them on it so that they light the space in front of it. Its wick, trimmers, and trays shall be of pure gold. A talent of pure gold shall be used for the lampstand and all these accessories. That's like that's like uh, ancient Near East IKEA instructions. Yeah, right. Like this, <laughs> just even reading it, it was like well, getting chuckled. Was like trying to yeah. picture following that for a blueprint. And it's kind of funny. Like we've got, you know, number one, there's a there's a menorah that uh, has been made by um, the temple, uh, um, the Temple Institute in Israel. So from it, you have like the oh, okay. Well, this is what it looked like. Um, which is actually a lot based on the depiction of the menorah in the Arch of Titus that shows them bringing the menorah in. But like, we don't really know what it looked like because even with those instructions, there's a lot of like wiggle room, like where the where the branches of it like straight or were they curved or were they, you mm-hmm. know, I think there's a 
the version that was on the stone in Magdala. Um, and I, I, you're just getting all kinds of early insights into things that I don't know if Chris is going to talk about or not. Um, on the There was a stone that was found in the uh, synagogue of Magdala um, that has the uh, menorah on it. And it's, it's almost like it's got like angles to it, hmm. um, to the branches um, of it. Um, so, you know, that could have just been... Whatever, but you know the the traditional menorah has kind of a curved arm to each of those, and they mm-hmm. they fan as they're coming out. Um, but you can tell, like all of those instructions on how to build it, you're like, um, yep. ha, ha, wait, how am I supposed to do this? So it made sense then. We have you know the uh, reconstruction of it. Um, to look at now um, that's probably pretty close, all things considered. Um, and then, you know, it's just, it's one of those cool things because it uh, has so much history behind it. We've actually already seen the menorah in Samuel. We've seen the ark. We've seen the menorah. They haven't mentioned the showbread, have they? I don't think not yet, or the incense. Or the incense. Um, but the menorah is the lamp that had not gone out yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, Samuel is called by God. Mm-hmm. That's the lamp that it's referring to. Because um, it would be yeah, lit every evening and cleaned and cleared every morning. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, get it. At least practiced, I guess, uh, remains in the tabernacle all the way through, um, uh, or at least it's mentioned that it's later used again in Solomon's rebuilding of the temple. Mm-hmm. So it goes from all the way through the usage of the tabernacle all the way into temple worship and use. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, every every evening, every morning. I was looking at, um, and again, like anything else, when it comes to measurements, but again, what what some commentary commentaries are saying of uh, the measurement a talent of gold, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, one they're kind of again all over the place. Um, but one of them, one you know, one of them puts it at like seventy five pounds. Mm-hmm. Another one puts it at like eighty five pounds. Um, it's a lot of gold. Barnes puts it at ninety four pounds. <laughs> Jameson um, Bible Commentary puts it at 125 pounds. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, It'd be pretty pretty big. I mean, well, Gill's exposition of the entire Bible of a talent of pure gold. He made all the vessels. The common talent weighed 60 pounds, but the sacred talent was doubled. So 120. <laughs> yeah, it's sacred. Where did, where did that anyway? Um. But anyways, and then and then another one says uh, actually the um, Matthew Poole's commentary um, talks about it in terms of shekels, and then also talks about it in terms of um, wages. And so they'd say for an average average worker it represented probably twenty years of money of wages. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get two million dollars in twenty years of. <laughs> Working, but yeah, there's always hoping. There's always hope. Um, the yeah, and and Chris is probably going to talk about the oil process, like what, why the oil um, was um, in, 
uh, specific and important, mm-hmm. um, and that has to do with the the pressings of the oil, which is also like that's going to be great. Um, looking forward to hearing about that. Um, there's a, there's just so much to talk about with this one, mm-hmm. um, referring to the oil and the uh, gold and the uh, light symbolism just in itself mm-hmm. holy cow like um and and you know when we talk about advent and light coming to us mm-hmm. like, that's a lot of the songs <laughs> um about christmas or um in christmas talk about that which is you know makes sense because we're you know, we're not just talking about um you know it, it may surprise you that uh jesus probably wasn't born in the winter, but it makes sense to talk about his coming in the winter because we're in kind of the darker um, time of the year, and the um, the idea that you know um, light is coming to Earth yeah. um, is is important to us during this time of year. Yeah, it's Revelation twenty one. Yes. 23, that says, the city, talking of heaven, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for mm-hmm. the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. Mm-hmm. So again, yeah, fitting fitting thing to consider when we're considering Christ coming again. Yeah. We're looking forward to talking more about it um, and hearing what Chris uh, hears and then brings. Be encouraged.